Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Monday holiday weekend moving forward. It's the herd, wherever you may be. However, you may be listening. Good show today. Thanks for making us part of your day. Next couple of days, J-Mac off. Ryan filling in. Um, it's nice to have you here. Busy weekend. A lot of NBA moves. One hour from now where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. I thought I'd start the show with this. Um, competency is not revolutionary. I'm expected to do basic things every day for three hours. Nobody asked me to be perfect. It's not about being perfect. I'm ad-libbing for three hours. Nobody asks your job. You don't have to be, even as a pilot, not every landing is nailed. Not every takeoff is perfect. Just don't, you know, crash the thing. Um, Rob Palenka is the Lakers GM. Watching Laker fans react to common sense moves over the weekend was quite something. Common sense moves. So, yes, the Lakers did have, a, did have a good weekend because they didn't do anything dumb. They didn't sign Russell Westbrook, right? So, Palenka moved off Russell Westbrook. That was an obvious move. There's no reason for a parade. Why'd you sign him? So, first of all, they retained two guys they needed to. Austin Reeves, I like him a lot. Don't love him. But they got a reasonable contract. And they retained him. They should. Not a pure point, not a pure shooter, but he plays well with LeBron. He initiates contract, can get other guys into foul trouble, works really hard. It's a reasonable price. They also retained Rui Hachimura. Long, nice body type in today's NBA, can guard the wing, good size. We saw Denver winning a title with size. Milwaukee won a title with size. I like Rui. Good players. Sometimes great nights, but good players. And Rob Palenka smartly retained them. 
He also added size to help Anthony Davis. He got Jackson Hayes, who's had some off-court trouble. Really, really talented young big. AD sometimes overwhelmed against Jokic and overwhelmed against the big when he's the Lakers' only big down uh, low with size and athleticism. So Jackson Hayes is a nice piece. AD also gets hurt a lot. He's going to miss 25 games. So Jackson Hayes, good common sense piece, comes with a little baggage but talented kid. They also added shooting with Gabe Vincent from Miami. Now, it should be noted, Pat Riley, who's brilliant, would not pay him what the Lakers would. But he did shoot 38% on threes in the playoffs. He was very good in clutch situations. Miami in the playoffs. Lakers last year in the playoffs. LA's a big stage. I like the Gabe Vincent contract more probably than I'd like to sign him for. But he can play, and he's played in big games. But Pat Riley did let him go. They also moved off Dennis Schroeder, who's been a bounce around the NBA guy for a long time. Talented, played hard for the Lakers, but a very erratic player you can't trust. Now, I would have bailed on D'Angelo Russell, but Rob Palenka deserves credit. It's only a two-year deal, meaning after next year, it'll be an expiring contract player. You'll be able to move him. He also can shoot. Now, he's erratic. He was awful against Denver. He's untrustable. He was benched. I would have tried to move off him. I'm sure the Lakers looked around for another guy that could add shooting, probably didn't want to pay for it or couldn't find him. So I even get the D'Lo move. It's a two-year deal. Those are the best deals. If Kyrie Irving's deal with Dallas was two years, it'd be a lot better than three. You have him for a year, you can move him after a year. None of these moves are Danny Ainge. They didn't reshape the roster. They retained the right two guys They acquired some nice players. Cam Reddish is a nice player. They got him for a nickel. He's not going to change anything in May and June. And if LeBron and AD do, as they are prone to do, get banged up in the regular season, hopefully cross your fingers not late in the regular season, none of this stuff's going to matter. These aren't guys winning playoff series. But the Lakers have been such a mess for most of the last nine and ten years that competency is viewed as revolutionary. These are basic moves that any smart GM could make. I liked almost all of them. Austin Reeves, absolutely want him back. There's a reason there wasn't a gigantic market for Austin Reeves. He's an old 25, a lot of years of college. We're closer to his ceiling than anybody wants to acknowledge. He averages 10 a game. I think it'll go to 15 or 16. He's the third best player in a playoff team, but if AD or LeBron got hurt and he had to be the second, you're not winning a playoff series against the Western Conference team next year because most of them are better. Don't turn competency and GM 101 into revolutionary. Nobody reshaped the roster, brought back the right guys, moved off the right guys, got some cheap contracts. It's a nice weekend for the Lakers. They're a little younger, got a couple extra shooters, Check, check. That's good. Not great. It's good. All right, so I was uh, watching this weekend the greatest Major League player of my life, the single best Major League Baseball talent of my life. Yeah, it's not close. It's Shohei Otani. Now, I wasn't around for Babe Ruth or Ty Cobb. He's better. Bo Jackson was good. He couldn't pitch. Uh, Shohei Otani had quite a weekend, bomb after bomb after bomb against the D-backs. 
Does everybody understand what we're watching here? He leads baseball in all the big power stats, extra base hits, OPS, RBIs tied, home runs. He's also 7-3 and three on the mound. He doesn't really have a comp. You could say, well, MJ was the best offensive player and defensive player, but we demand that our NBA players actually play defense. Everybody except James Harden does. I'm talking about maybe Michael Phelps, who won 23 gold medals. The next closest was nine, and he was dominant in multiple swim categories. That's about the comp. (laughs) Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time. But this is what globalization does, and it's an amazing thing to sports. The best two NBA players now are Giannis and Jokic, highly skilled bigs. And in America, the way it works is, is that specialization in a lot of different fields is key, probably because of our uh, capitalistic nature. Uh, The more money you can make, the better. Everything's about specializing in this and specializing in that. If you're in tech, you're, you're a programmer or you're a coder. It's specializing. And in sports, you can shoot threes well. Uh, you're, you're a rim protector. You're, now, LeBron was the exception, did almost everything well, but he's never been a great long-distance shooter. But Europeans are different. The world is different. It's not about specializing. It's about if you want to get to America and make the most money in professional sports, because that's where all the money is outside of international soccer, the big money in basketball and baseball is in this country. It's be great at many things. Make yourself better, your team better, highly skilled. You watch European basketball players. They do multiple things well. I mean, Jokic can pass. He's an elite passer, elite shooter. He can rebound. He can direct traffic. He can handle the ball. Never had a center like Jokic. Embiid won the MVP, but it was more of an anti-Jokic vote. He's a much more layered player, and it's not particularly close than our bigs, especially the old bigs, like the, the Wilts and the Shaqs or the Akeems. And Shohei Otani does everything well. And what's remarkable is how he garners all this power. He's 210 pounds. It's unbelievable. He's got like Aaron Judge power, 210-pound guy. He runs. He hits for power. He hits for average. He's a dominant pitcher. Um, Highly skilled at a lot of things. It's part of what I'm watching with the globalization of sports. I don't know if those players will always be as popular as domestic players, It is clearly an advantage in college basketball to be on television during March Madness and introduce Zion to us. You know, we didn't watch Jokic or Giannis first couple of years unless you were in Denver or in Milwaukee. But Shohei Otani, there's just nothing else even close. I mean, I love Bo Jackson. Wasn't pitching. Unbelievable weekend by the best pure. I know. I know you love Babe. And I know baseball fans romanticize the past. I get it. It's the sport. That's why there's so many great books on baseball. That's why baseball's so great on radio. It's the sport of storytelling and history and lore. Football's about next Sunday. NBA's about the playoffs. Soccer's about the next goal. But I know we romanticize, but Babe didn't do this simultaneously. This is absolutely remarkable. All right. A lot of stuff today. The Dame trade is going to happen But um, he may be a little harder to trade than everybody else thinks. Uh, Also, a Packers story that is, um, the Packers say they can't wait to watch Aaron on Hard Knocks. I bet they can't. 
They want everybody else to see what they saw for years. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The Lakers knew they were going to take a PR beating for a couple years. That the long play, they had to get Kobe another star. They eventually did Pau Gasol. But the Lakers knew that for two years, you know, they were going to have to eat the proverbial dirt sandwich in the media. Because Shaq was going to be winning titles. It would look amazing. But they knew Shaq was a distracted player, an aging player, increasingly not in great shape, didn't love practice, missed a lot of games. And that's the way it often works in business. You have to make bets. Often, initially, the person who wins the bet loses short term. And Portland and Dame are disconnecting. And wherever Dame goes, he's going to win this in the first year to two. He's going to join a Miami or a Milwaukee and a Philadelphia. And for two years, Portland's GM and Portland fans are going to freak out. But he is small, doesn't defend, hurt more often than ever. And he's damn expensive. Two years at 45 mil, followed by two years at 60. Now, Dame is a player I love. After Steph Curry, he's my favorite small shot maker in the league. And he works at Miami and Milwaukee and probably Philadelphia because they can surround him with length and defenders. He's small and doesn't defend. And he's also one more injury away from being potentially an absolute cap liability. Dame doesn't matter if Dame's not playing. Miami's getting him, and so is Milwaukee and Philly for May. And if he's healthy, he's lethal. But small players, especially small dynamic players, don't age particularly well. Once they're starting to get injured, generally never goes back. And I love Dame, but he's a convertible sports car. Great in about four states. Useless to some degree in others. Dame couldn't play with a Luka. Luka doesn't defend. Couldn't play with a Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't defend. Wouldn't be good with any team with Harden. Harden doesn't defend. You have to protect Dame. And I've always thought this is the real truth of the NBA. Um, If you look at the history of the NBA, the way to do it is find your star and then build around his weaknesses. The Warriors found defenders because Steph couldn't. LeBron teams have often had great shooters because LeBron's not. And the Blazers are going to be really fun to watch going forward. But they're really young and aren't going to do much for a couple of years. But if they can cobble together six or seven picks and a couple of interesting players, I cannot wait to watch Hayden Sharp, Simons, Scooter Henderson, a lot of young players. They're going to get more draft picks. I think Portland will win this trade over time. I think they will lose it in the next couple years and it'll be painful and the Lakers knew that that Shaq joined Wade Riley they were going to win now they were going to win titles and I mean that we all know he's going to Miami right they let Struess go uh they let Vincent go they let their backcourt go the backcourt that took him from an eight seed to the finals Miami let those guys go let them walk somebody else can pay them they're trying to get Dame and I'm not sure what they can give Portland back I imagine a lot of really good draft picks they'll probably have to be a third team involved but as Portland fans are freaking out just remember 
The Lakers won a couple of titles with Kobe, and Shaq fell apart, and you got more great years with Kobe. And though the Lakers weren't particularly well run at times, they still got two rings. Could have had a third. So not every deal that's consummated is great for you initially. I think Portland's going to come out of this thing with some nice pieces, but they've got their star in Scoot Henderson. They've got a good wing in Jeremy Grant. Nurkic, they pulled him off the floor late as they were kind of trying to get into the lottery. Nurkic is a good player. Uh, Simon's a good player. Sharp, fascinating young wing. There's a lot to like in Portland. But for two years, going to be a little bit of a dirt sandwich. Dame's going to be hitting threes. Miami's going to win a title. And you're going to feel really, really small. And Portland already has kind of a Seattle chip on their shoulder, a small market, geographically isolated chip on their shoulder. But Portland's probably going to end up, if they can hit on some draft picks, and in recent years, they've been very good at it. Joe Cronin's been very good last couple of years. They've hit on some picks. Um, and so you take a deep breath. But Dame, there's not a wide market for him. He is small. He can be injury prone in recent years. He does not defend. And he, he makes big shots in big moments. Love him. I don't know if he elevates other teammates. Certainly not a Jokic. We, we don't think he's that. We don't, we don't think he's magic. We don't think he's that kind of player. He's a scorer and a dead eye, and a great player in big moments. And that's what Miami needs. Milwaukee needs. Milwaukee's got their best player. You know, Philadelphia's got their best player. They need a shot maker. Dame's going to be perfect. But don't freak out. Portland gets the right picks. They'll win the trade. You just won't figure it out for about three to four years. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So, you know, if you listen uh, to me in the show, I'm not a fan of Hard Knocks. Uh, it's like anything else. Uh, I thought Hard Knocks, when it came out for HBO, um, gave us all access we didn't have. And then came Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok. And now I've got too much access of everybody. I don't need to know what you're eating for lunch. Um, but that's the world we live in. So hard knocks now. No team wanted it. Four teams qualified. They all begged not to be on it. But it does give you, I mean, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. That's the most interesting team. I think it is. I think Aaron's a, a, a unique personality. Most quarterbacks in my life are sort of like conservative and predictable and creatures of habit. And he goes, he goes on darkness retreats and does ayahuasca. So he's just a different guy. Not a bad guy, just a different guy. I've never said he's a bad guy. Just a little prickly, a little unique. That's okay. Unique is good for sports. Uh, and I do think the Jets will be fascinating. Mark Murphy, the Packer president, was quoted this weekend saying, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, and I, I think Hard Knocks got lucky because, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer, I'm not sure who would have been the second choice to do this. If you take the Jets out, I'm a serious question. I love my football. Who's fascinating? There's a lot of good teams. Nobody's really fascinating. The Jets are a little bit of a personality circus, and I'm excited for it. Young guys and old Aaron. Um, but but what's interesting about this, don't compare um, clearly improved to great. I think a lot of New York fans, I just saw a story this weekend where the Athletic rated the most underrated and overrated teams, and they had the Jets as the most overrated. Doesn't mean the Jets are bad. But adding Aaron doesn't mean the Jets are great. It'll be the weakest O-line he's ever had, his first defensive coach. 
And even though I like some of the offensive pieces, they're mostly kids. And Nathaniel Hackett's the play caller. Don't love it. Remember when Brady went to Tampa and had success, he inherited a two-time NFL head coach of the year, an offensive coach, and a one-time Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. When Stafford went to McVay, he inherited a Super Bowl head coach and a NFL head coach, both from the offensive side. We just don't know much about Robert Sala. He's good-looking, he's really intense, his teams play hard, but NFL defensive stats are strange. Great offenses, year to year to year, are pretty predictable. Do you have an offensive coordinator or coach? Do you have a great quarterback? And do they have a couple of weapons and protection? So the top 10 offenses of last year will probably be pretty much near the top this year. Defense doesn't work that way. In the NFL, the top five defenses one year, you could have four or five different ones the next year based on who are the quarterbacks you faced. I'm sorry, if you face Justin Herberts a couple of times a year and Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar, your defensive stats aren't going to be that great. The Eagles last year shut everybody down and then they played Patrick Mahomes who did exactly what he wanted to in the second half of the Super Bowl. Uh, by the way, the San Francisco Niners defense was unbelievable. And then Mahomes came to the Bay Area and did whatever he wanted to. Defensive stats can be a little disrupted based on who you play. And the Jets play some good quarterbacks now in that division. And I don't love Tua, but I love Mike McDaniel. And I don't love Sean McDermott, but I love Josh Allen. And they got to face those guys four times. So there are a couple of things that concern me. But here's another stat about Aaron that I've been on for years and it doesn't get discussed. And I'm not sure why. Um, he's not good coming from behind. He only has 21 come from behind fourth quarter wins in his career. That's fewer than Jay Cutler. A lot fewer than Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan. Well, those guys trail all the time. I don't know. Titans lead a lot of people. They were a number one seed a couple years ago. He only has, in fact, one, one playoff fourth quarter comeback. That's tied with the great Marcus Mariota. And it was against the Cowboys. So it barely counts anyway. He's not good at that. Now, I have my theories why. I think Aaron tends to be a baler, not a baller. He's not a foxhole guy. Bit of a finger pointer when things go south. But he's great with a lead, bit of a front runner. That's my theory. That's all psychological stuff. I could be totally wrong. But the numbers, and I've been on this for maybe 10 years, are kind of odd. Where are the fourth quarter comebacks? The smarter a veteran, veteran John Elway, feasted on him. Mahomes, I've never seen anything like it. Look at Mahomes' fourth quarter comebacks. Before you go, well, he didn't trail much. The Chiefs are the best team in football. Why has Mahomes got so many fourth-quarter comebacks and second-half comebacks? Because he's great at it. Um, the last three Super Bowl champs, their starting quarterbacks were top five in fourth-quarter comeback wins. And if you play in the AFC and that division, you're going to be behind. <laughs> you're not going to blow these teams out. This is not Philadelphia last year playing crappy quarterbacks and bad teams in the NFC. The Jets are going to be behind this year. And the second thing that nobody is talking about, only 
one team in the last decade, one team has won multiple road playoff games to win a Super Bowl. And that was the GOAT in the wacky, zany, never-seen-it-before-COVID year where a lot of crap happened that none of us can explain. Forget the vaccine. The football was zany, too. There was no exhibition season. Illegal practices. Players on game day, seven not able to play. Suddenly, screwed the betting markets up, screwed football up. That's it. Last 10 years, one team won multiple road playoff games. Well, look at the AFC. Jacksonville's division, Kansas City, Cincinnati, there's a lot of teams that could be a number one seed. Let's be honest. With an offensive line, a defensive coach, are we putting the Jets as a number one seed? They're going to have to play probably multiple road games. The only team to do it in a decade, multiple road playoff wins and win the Super Bowl, is Tampa. And it should be noted, the division was bad and the conference may have been the weakest the NFC ever is. The NFC over the last three or four years has eroded significantly. It's like the AFC is the SEC, and uh, the NFC is a combination of the ACC and the Big 12 and the Pac-12. So these are things that need to be discussed, and they're real. Aaron's not a great fourth-quarter comeback guy. He's not. And it's really hard to win multiple road playoff games in the AFC. It can be done. We watched Cincinnati with Joe Burrow do it. Wild games. They lost the Super Bowl. So it can, can be done. Burrow, though, similarly, is a very strong playing from behind quarterback. Aaron is not for reasons I believe that are easy to see. Many would argue that. So I look forward to hard knocks. I don't think there's a wildly captivating team outside of the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, but um, they're better. Don't confuse it with great. All right, so all this free agency talk. A lot of fun. I would admit it. I've enjoyed it. But um, we've got to be honest about something. Phoenix is the best team in the league this morning. I said it. I like Denver. I like him a lot. A couple years ago, you told me Milwaukee was going to run through the league for five years. Phoenix is really good. Did you see what they did this weekend? Very quickly. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. I know people don't like mobility, but there's two different ways to do mobility. When you put superstars with other grown-ups and an experienced head coach, good things happen. Steph, KD, Clay, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, great coach. Dynasty. Uh, D. Wade, Bosch, LeBron, Battier, Ray Allen, Grown Up, Spolstra, very good. Doc Rivers, KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Grown Ups. But when you put erratic Kyrie Irving and temperamental quirky James Harden with KD with an inexperienced coach, it blew up. That's why I never bought into Brooklyn. I said, we don't have the coach. We don't have the personalities. Grown Ups added to superstars is crucial. The Phoenix Suns have a superstar, you could argue two, in Booker and KD. Now they have a championship grown-up coach, experienced Frank Vogel. They added mature adult Bradley Beal, and this weekend, excellent guard off the bench, Eric Gordon. Grown-ups. Bradley Beal's a grown-up. I know you don't like mobility, but not all mobility is the same. KD, with the Warriors, was arguably the best team ever. With Brooklyn, the biggest embarrassment and disappointment in the league last year. KD was there for both. Nobody would dispute Kyrie's talented. James Harden, too. Okay, not all the same. What Phoenix has done is unbelievable. Bradley Beal's one of two players in the league in the last four years that's averaged 30 points. And Gordon's... Now, let's talk about what the Phoenix Suns did what everybody said they couldn't do. They cobbled together a bench in two days. Three. Eric Gordon, cheap. He's been in 60 playoff games. He's been in 11 playoff series. Shot 42% on threes off the bench. Multiple Sooners. Mature. Excellent signing. Grown up, been in playoff games, don't have to worry about him. They also added a stretch four who can shoot, shoot uh, Utah Watanabe, 44% on threes. They got more length, a stretch four that can hit shots. Now they have two shot makers on the bench. They also added two other bigs who came and were developed in the Spurs system, though not Spurs, right? Like they'd moved around, but so you have Smartly developed players, grown-ups off the bench, and suddenly, by the way, smart GMs can do this in a weekend. It is incredibly difficult to find stars. It's pretty easy to find people who want to play with stars. 
as far as benches go, they don't have to be great. The Nuggets just won a finals with an eight-man rotation. What you want in a bench, usually a really good wing defender and somebody that can give you 14 to 20 points on any night. The Suns, by the way, I know you're saying, Beal, chill. Booker, chill. Aiton can be temperamental, but let's not go there with KD. He did not disrupt Brooklyn. He was the only thing about Brooklyn that was redeemable. His personality doesn't get in the way. I've had multiple people in the league on multiple teams, even ones that he left tell me he's a good hang. Guys like him. So it's hard to get stars. It's not hard to get people that want to play with stars. And this Phoenix team now has all the boxes to win a team, win a title. Length, they added length all over their bench. Shooters, check. Playoff experience, check. Bench, check. Championship head coach, check. In 20 years, if you were just sitting in a lounge or a bar and you're talking to somebody, does it sound, say it out loud, does it sound crazy that you could go, remember that Remember that Phoenix team for a couple years that had Beal and Booker and Ayton and Gordon and KD? Remember that team? Oh, my God, they were lights out. That sounds like a team that could win a championship or two. Now, some's dependent on KD's health, but this team's good enough now. Beal, Booker, Aiton, and that bench, Gordon, is good enough to win a playoff series if KD doesn't play. They're not going to win a championship without him. You can win a playoff series without it. Remember, if I'd have said to you two years ago or a year ago, you're not going to believe this. Jokic is going to be the best player in the world. We know he's good, but Jokic... Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, and Jamal Murray are not only going to win the championship, <laughs> going to blow through everybody and sweep the Lakers. Nobody would have believed it. Got to be able to see around corners a little. Phoenix is really good. They got smart veterans, cobbled together a bench, added two more shooters in a shooter's league. They've got tons of length. The Brooklyn issue, a lot of it was on a guy I like, Steve Nash. Steve Nash would tell you, rough first job. A lot of moving parts. This has some, but Vogel's history is he gets the most out of bigs. And DeAndre Ayton is a big that can be a little temperamental. But what I love about Phoenix more than anything, because now they have so many shooters with Beal and Gordon and Booker and KD, one of them, KD could take, you could go into a season and you could tell Beal and KD, I need 58 games. Booker, I need 68. Somebody could almost always be off. Translation, DeAndre Ayton will never be the fourth option. Sometimes down the floor, he'll be the second, maybe mostly the third. What I worry about is if he is constantly the fourth option. But this team has duplicate players, multiple pull-up jump shooters. And they have enough depth at shooting now and size, they can give shooters rest. So Aiton will get his looks. Vogel tends to make bigs happy. I think it's really good. I think it's the most talented team in the league. Doesn't mean they'll win it. But I've got four proven elite scorers. Bradley Beal, one of two guys in four years, averaged over 30. Twice. I got Booker, who took the playoffs over for about a 9-10 game stretch. I've got one of the great shot makers in league history. And now I've got two guys, but mostly Gordon off the bench tremendous 
quick score hits threes. This is a really good basketball team. Uh, people freak out about mobility. Not most mobility doesn't work. It's a maturity and a coach thing. Got to have the right coach because you're bringing in some more egos. It's very fluid. A lot of moving parts. Got to have the right coach. Veteran coach. That's key. But just say it out loud. This is a stacked roster. In an offensive league, this is a completely stacked offensive roster. They got better over the weekend. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You can see what the Heat are doing. They've moved off Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. Mm -hmm. You can see what they're doing. They've moved off shooters. Mm -hmm. They're going to pay for one big shooter. I don't think they have a lot they can give Portland back. So give me, um, tell me how the Miami-Portland thing is going to work because it's obvious they're working behind the scenes like mad. I mean, it's obviously going to happen. Yeah, well, if they can find a place for Tyler Hero, and supposedly Brooklyn is interested, you you can you can do a three team deal. Okay. This is this is not just look. They're the the Portland Trailblazers are not going to get back equal talent, right? But with Kyle Lowry, with Duncan Robinson, with Tyler Hero, you can make the numbers and a match bunch of up. picks, and and that's the tri- that's the tricky part is that you're looking at picks like twenty eight and thirty like. Picks down the line for Miami. If if Portland wants something a little more recent, then they've got to bring in a third team. And Brooklyn would be a natural team to do that with because they just have a they have a slew of picks. Um, so that's the that that's what they could do. But 
let's keep in mind, look, GM Joe Cronin has to say, we're going to do what's best for the team and all of that stuff. But when it when push comes to shove, players always end up going where they want to go and the teams make the best of it. Donovan Mitchell is really the only exception that I can think of where he ended up not going where he wanted to go, which was New York. Uh, but we'll see down the line how that plays for the Utah Jazz because what you're basically one of the things that the teams try to do is convince players when you come here we're going to pay you if it doesn't work out we'll help you get to another good place yeah and if you don't do that then teams uh, or players and agents are going to be a little more reluctant in doing a deal with you uh, long term because they don't they're thinking okay if it doesn't work out here who knows where they're going to send me Milwaukee's a disappointment. They were clearly a team that got old really fast. Yeah. And I watched this weekend, and they're still really old. Yeah. What? Yeah. Look, I Brooke Lopez, they got him back at a, on a on a two-year deal and a, and a decent number. I don't have a problem with that. You got to – chances are you've got to play against – Embiid, and if you're playing against Jokic, Brooke, Lo- Brooke, yeah. Lo- Brooke Lopez nice makes, makes a lot of sense, right? He gives you an advantage. The Chris Middleton piece is the one that I don't, I, I, I just don't get. Giannis has to be healthy and 100%. Otherwise, they are just not a very athletic team. They're not. And uh, I haven't seen any additions that they've made to this point that would change that. So they're staying with what they've got. Again, one of the things to keep in mind with all of this is that we do have this new CBA coming in. Yeah. And Explain so, that to the audience. Yeah, well, there, there's just – you get to a certain point and your ability to add anything is taken away. It's why the Clippers would entertain James Harden. because Not so much because they think they're going to be appreciably better, but because he's only on a one-year deal. And they and same thing with the Golden State Warriors, like moving off of Jordan Poole. It was because those are the number one and number two teams in salary this year. They need to be able to get fiscally responsible. Otherwise, like when when a John Wall or a Russell Westbrook or these guys on big contracts are waived, you're not allowed to pick those up. You don't have any exemptions like your ability to sign just about anybody to anything other than a minimum contract goes away if you're up on that second apron. So that's why we're seeing a lot of teams, like why you're seeing Miami Heat kind of clear the decks in order to be able to go after Damian rather than just say, let's try to hold serve and add Damian. It just, it gets really expensive and and, uh, owners, no matter how much they might want a championship, are still looking at the bottom line. I may be called a Draymond and Warriors apologist, but I think um, officially... I do not feel they're a championship team. I think they, I, you know, Brooke Lopez wasn't going to happen, but I think um, they they needed a big. Now, Kuminga now and Moody have to play. Mm-hmm. 24 to 26 minutes a night. They have to right. play. Well, and that's why, Is that why, that's why adding Chris Paul makes sense. Because Chris Paul with those young players can get them shots. He can organize them as part of the, part of the second unit. Um, not having a big, but that's everybody. Everybody is facing that outside of Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Who has a big to match up with Jokic if you consider yourself a title contender? They just, 
He is the new wrinkle that everybody is trying to solve in the same way they they had to solve LeBron at one point. They had to st- they had to solve Steph and Dre Generally, at one you, point. But the truth is, nobody solved Duncan, Jordan, Shaq, LeBron, and I, I don't think you can solve Jokic. You just try to mitigate uh, true. his dominance. Very much so. And then the the other th- the other theory is. We're not even going to try to solve it. We're going to try to run him off the floor. Like we're going to try to, we're going to present a bigger wrinkle to them by playing smaller, faster. I think that's what you see the Phoenix Suns trying to do. Um, But to your point on Draymond, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them as a title contender at this point either. But what the move that they made to me is Draymond is as important to Steph and Clay Thompson as Steph and Clay are to Draymond. They don't they did not they had no interest in seeing those two without Draymond cuz everybody, you know, the general thing out there is as well Draymond Draymond's the beneficiary of playing right. with Steph and Clay. Well, they are very much the beneficiaries of playing with him as well. Yeah, and I think the Warriors continue to and show Warriors you that. And the Warriors the Warriors know that better than anybody. Um you know, I I look at the Lakers. I said don't come don't confuse revolutionary and common sense. From the Westbrook move on, yeah. Rob Palenka has done a lot of GM 101 stuff. Of yep. course, you retain Rui and Reeves. You move off Schroeder. Schroeder. I would have moved off D'Lo, but it's a very workable two-year deal, meaning it's a one-year deal. If he wears you out, you can move off him. Mm. Most of the stuff he's done, it, it's just basic, good, solid. Sensible. Like, he didn't do a Danny Ainge deal here. I still think their whole season next year comes down to cross your fingers on AD's health. That's the whole team. AD and LeBron. Even I can live without LeBron because I think Austin Reeves can run. I think Austin Reeves can run the offense. AD leaves. Nothing against Jackson Hayes, but, you know. Oh, yeah. No. Limited guy. Here's my question. Who's your go-to guy? Who's your go-to guy with the game on the line? Who do you hand the ball to? LeBron. Yeah, you're right. And LeBron wasn't able to do it in two of the four games against the Denver Nuggets. And and I'm not like that's not that's just the reality. I mean, you, you're let's look at it sensibly. You're asking a 39 year old, even if though it's LeBron James, another long playoff run on his leg, another 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 82 games or whatever, 60 games, whatever, and then playoff run. You're asking a 39 year old to be your go-to guy with the game on the line. Against, he wanted no part of there. So that's why he's they're always running pick and roll to switch off. He didn't want he didn't want to go one on one with Aaron Gordon. Not at this not at this stage he of his career. No, no. Give, Le- give me Jamal knows. Murray, and I might get something done. No, he LeBron at this point knows what he is and what he isn't. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't that's, want those long defenders. That's why he's playing off the ball as 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 much as he is, and and like trying to find those matchups before he goes. So. Uh, that that to me that is the great Achilles heel here is it's not the supporting cast the supporting cast is solid you have everything that you could want I, I will say between Vincent and Rui and Reeves and their draft picks it's for the first time I mm. came out of this weekend and I thought oh I can see the future a little bit like I see youth mm. and I see shooting. The, the start of this year, I'm like, they can't shoot and they're old. Like, I yeah. feel, and I didn't know if Austin Reeves, but I, but I felt after the weekend, I'm like, oh, I see some sunlight in the horizon. Yeah. More shooting, more youth, good length. Yep. I'm it, like, I mean, Jackson Hayes, it's length. 
Rui's yeah, the, length. The difficulty is where the bar is set for the Lakers always. You can't just be good. Like, they could be good. They could be good with that crew. Well, they sell out good. Uh, I mean, with, I mean, you've always had either Kobe or LeBron. Yeah. And they might sell out, but no, nobody's showing up. So. Um, are you still, uh, do I have to persuade you into, so I look at Phoenix. So they've got oh no three elite players and a temperamental big. They went and got a good bench shooter and a yeah. stretch four. Yeah. They got a couple of guys the Spurs developed with size bigs. They're just eight minutes a game guys. Yeah. And I look at it and I think if you look at what championship teams generally are, especially now with Denver, length, shooting, adults, championship winning coach, bench is fine. It's okay. Basically the Nuggets won with an eight-man rotation. You are you are not satisfied with this Phoenix roster. There's something. Is it the KD? The the what, what is it? What don't you like? Who's your Who's your floor leader? Who, when things get difficult, is gonna? Why can't lead Bradley you, lead you out of the forest? Why can't Bradley be Bradley? Be that? Well, has he ever come in, in remotely close to doing that at a championship level? Well, John Wall ran the offense and not always well fair okay so fair. he wasn't really allowed to run the offense but he also was in weird cultures and multiple coaches don't you see like veteran players you see in all sports go to a really winning culture and it's like oh he's like wiggins you're like there's a new player yeah damien will D- damien lillard was in portland i don't know about that culture i don't know about that group but you never questioned that Damian Lillard was a leader of that team and that he was going to take them. But that's a functional organization. Okay. I mean, what? You, Wizards aren't even functional. All right. Well, what convinces you that Phoenix is functional? We got a brand new owner. We well, got we got a shadow, we got a shadow GM in Isaiah Thomas. Don't don't I, lo- I don't, love Shadow Don't GMs. underestimate. Oh, it's so good. It's, <laughs> it's so good. I mean, the Lakers have been have gone through that. But basically, Beal's chill. Um, Beal's not gonna. Beal's not telling Booker and KD what to do. He's just not. Well, he's I mean, not coming in there with that Yoke, kind of authority. Jokic doesn't do it either. I heard during the finals, the players are like, Jokic talked yesterday before the game. Like he's not a verbal guy. But no, he's not a verbal guy. But he, but he doesn't have to be a verbal guy so because he orchestrates everything on the floor. So you don't trust Phoenix in a tight spot. Who runs them? Yeah. Well, I can say who's that leading us South- out of the forest. I, I mean, who, who's leading Boston out of the forest? Well, and that's why we. That's Boston has had the problems that it's had. You're with me there. See. You're with me. You are with me. You just don't realize you're with me. <laughs> we see the same thing. I tell my wife that constantly. She goes, you're in your own head. I said, I'm with you. You don't know that I'm with you, but I'm with you. I'm just thinking about tomorrow's rant. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think this is it. I'm a huge Beal fan. Because there's, there's a part of me, and I don't know why this is. It's some psychological nonsense. Yeah. There's part of me that feels bad. Yeah. For young people that work their arse off, they yeah. go to a bad company, a bad culture, a bad boss. Yes. And they bust their tail. They're total pros. Eight years. Nobody says anything. And then they finally, if you work hard and you're a good guy, yeah. you'll get a break. Wiggins finally is like, he's a good guy, works hard. He got a break and you're like, oh, the guy can play. Yeah. Like Jalen Brunson, second rounder. Nobody loved him. Didn't fit in Dallas. It's like, no, he was going to work. He needed to start the culture. 
I, I have okay. a soft spot for that kind of I, player. I get that. I, I'm and by all accounts, Bradley Beal's a good guy, a good dude, but he has been compensated massively for staying in Washington. So okay. it's not. It's not well, like everybody in this league gets paid. I can't hold it against the guy for getting paid. I'm not holding it against him, but he he had the option. Like yeah. this is this culture is. I'm better than this culture. My my goals are higher than this culture. What if he had a nice fixer-upper, good elementary school for the kids and just cared about that? Uh, yeah, okay. Three-bedroom fixer-upper. He had a nice home. <laughs> it always comes back to real estate for you, and I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that you you found a place. Yeah, no. So I just, yeah. I, my soft spot is, and I don't know where it comes from because I have had a nice life, but I, there is this sort of thing like I feel bad because I, I, I'm not good. Uh, remember the show Intervention? Mm-hmm. I watched five minutes of it. I couldn't do it. Everybody loves the show Succession. I watched two episodes this weekend. I can't do it. I don't like the characters. Mm-hmm. So I have something in my personality. It's mm-hmm. a flaw. It's a hole. It's a liability, perhaps, mm-hmm. that I, I, I don't like these conflict, combustible people and then there's always a good kid in the middle of that, a young lady or a young guy. Yeah. And he's swimming with a bunch of sharks. And I'm like, just give this kid a fair shot. See, this is this is the tricky part when it comes to the NBA because the sharks, the sharks are are the ones that get you to the championship. The great white sharks, the ones, the the great players that I've known, whether it's like Kobe or Jason Kidd or any of these guys that I've gotten to know really well. Yeah. And people say, well, are you friends with them? I'm going. They're great white sharks. Like, can you be a friend with a great white shark? Like, as long as you are useful and, and you full. see things and you're swimming in the same direction, they're good. But did I always know that something goes a little side? Like, I've, I've seen the competitive, sharp edge of all of those guys. Yeah. And that's just kind of the, the NBA being such a ruthless place. Um, it's that's tough. A- Chris Paul. Like, it's tough to be a nice guy all the time and survive. Um, Steph Curry might be the one exception to that, and that's only because he's got a Doberman and Draymond next to him. That's a really good point. Never thought about that. You used that white shark thing before? I like that. No, first time right here. Broke it out. Well, I don't even know if this was a good day to do it. Um, Maybe I can we put the red it. bar for breaking metaphor? <laughs> Breaking metaphor on the show. Um, yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. So Bradley Beal doesn't have the he, – he doesn't quite have he, that. He's, he's nice I guy. don't see great white shark in him. All right. Let's put it that way. More dolphin. Friendly, <laughs> likable. Although they're supposed to be terribly mean. Flipper. Dolphins are supposed to be, like, mean. Um, Good They can be tough. They can be tough. They can be tough. All right. Great seeing you, Bukes. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.